are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hey, it's Jesse. I'm here again on a Wednesday, and I got another guest for you this week, and I'm very grateful to bring you her story. It's a it's a big story. It's got a lot of loss. It's got a lot of feels. It's got a lot of feels. <laughs> this is the third time I did this intro. I don't know. You know, you're just off. I'm having an off day. It wasn't even the whole day. It was like I came home midday after working and I just, it hasn't been right since then. I'm just on the off ramp. I've just been, I'm doing the big circle of the off ramp today. Just like keep going. I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm having an off ramp moment and that's just how it is. All right. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's going to be all right. We will get through this. So this week before we, before we hear Jamie's story and before we meet Jamie and, and all that good stuff, we have a little business to go over by the time this comes out, by the time you're listening to this, the show is going to have hit 10,000 downloads. Whoa. That's been since January of last year, January 29th of 2020. I launched Prickly and Blooming on a Wednesday and we are now, what, 14 months later? Would that, would that be, I think, 14 and a half months later? <laughs> Um, the show has reached 10,000 downloads. And I feel like it was only a minute ago I was saying we reached to the 5,000 downloads. 10,000 times somebody's phone, device, tablet, whatever has beep, boop, beep, 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 boop <laughs> accessed a show from the host. I'm almost speechless. I'm never really speechless. I can talk. I can really talk. Um, but I think more so the word is I'm humbled and honored and grateful. The old HHG. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Ready? HHG. Humbled, honored, and grateful. You all have joined us and I just, I can't thank you enough for enjoying the stories that I bring to you and meeting the women that I've met and and that then they come to you and I hope you found someone that has a story that's similar to yours or maybe not maybe you've learned something from someone totally different than yourself and I just think it's all worthwhile and the biggest thing that I want to do from the show is you know that that whole saying of like be kind you never know what someone else is going through. I feel like this show is the answer to that. The show is like, here, see, listen, these are the things we are going through. I will tell you, we will create space for this. So you can understand that that's, that statement is very true. You know, be kind. You don't know what else anybody is going through. Or you don't know what, what? <laughs> Prickling Blooming, where I get half quotes. <laughs> okay. Uh, rate the show and a gnome gets its hat. We'll talk about that now. That's stuck. And let's do it. We got a big we got a big story to hear this week. So let's get to it. Let's go meet Jamie. 
I have Jamie with me now. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How's it going? It's going. It's, it's going. going. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's going. going. I've, I forgot to mention that I live in Texas, so we're doing a lot better this week than we were last week. Yeah, you guys have been hit. Yeah, it was a. It was exactly what everybody saw on the news. So it wasn't an exaggeration. There were people without power for days it's during bananas. it. Bananas, yeah, absolutely bananas. Single degree, you know, winter storm in Texas. It was crazy. Yeah, but we're doing good. Good, good, good. Yeah. So before we hear like a lot about you, I like to say, <laughs> let's hear a little bit about you. Okay. Well, yeah. I am. I, I always emphasize that I'm a native New Yorker because that's going mm-hmm. to explain my my use of language in a little bit. I'm now in California. I've been out here since uh, 2015, and I am currently a grief coach. And we will get to that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm sure we will. <laughs> so as we we start the show every week with the the moment that things changed for us, the this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. This can't be my life. So I know, I know you got one. So let's, yeah. let's just go for it. Yeah. The, the moment where it just kneecapped me of this can't be my life is mm-hmm. finding my dog dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the heels of six months of just brutal loss. That was the thunderbolt moment. Yeah. Um, was, yeah. did the dog die naturally or was. Mm-mm. No, he, um, he was a hit and run killed by a car. Oh, and so, was he young? Yeah, he was four years old. I don't have any children. It had been just me and my husband and my dog, and mm-hmm. we called ourselves the pack. And we mm-hmm. would, um, he was a little scruffy little dachshund terrier mix. He was absolutely rid- ridiculous. He was so cute. Yes. <laughs> One time I was walking him when we lived in Long Beach, California, and this huge thugged out dude walked by and just said, Yo, it's my boy Tramp, son. He looked like Tramp from Lady and the Tramp. He was just a ridiculous looking dog. It was so cute. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, His name was Klaus. And yeah, we used to pick up Klaus and just say, like, are there any three beings that delight in each other as much as we three? Mm Because we just like, it was the pack. It was was a triangle, the the strongest... Uh, shape, right? Yeah, just mm-hmm. to kind of back up on why. Yep, I was about to say, let's 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 yeah, roll let's, the ta- let's roll the tape back. Rewind it back. So we moved out to California in 2015. Okay, and we adopted Klaus probably about two weeks after we had moved out. We moved from New York. Mm-hmm. We moved out from my husband's job. We were both in food and wine. He was mm-hmm. a chef by his entire career, but mm-hmm. he had gotten into food sales. Okay, so that's why we're moving out here. And um, I had actually found Klaus online before we even moved out. And I had been stalking him because he was so cute and he was a puppy. And I thought, how is he not adopted? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so by the time we moved out, he's still available. So we scooped him up about two weeks after we moved out. We were in Long Beach for about a year, bounced around. Finally, let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We landed in the Bay Area in 2017. Okay. Um, and that was for work for me. I was hired to manage a team of online wine experts. Oh, very cool. Yeah, this is a pretty cool gig. I'd always wanted to live in San Francisco. Bill, my husband, wasn't quite as sold, but uh, he was willing <laughs> to give it a go. But while we were there, Bill decided he was 20 years older than me, so he knew okay. he was looking to retire, and we are trying to figure out, okay, what comes next for us? Mm-hmm. Both love food and wine, and we thought, let's look somewhere that we buy a place and really dig into the wine scene there. Mm-hmm. So we bought a place up in Lake County, which is the county north of Napa. Okay. It's more affordable than Napa, obviously, because oh. just about anything on earth is. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that is pretty, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's also a really interesting up and coming wine scene there. So we were, mm-hmm. we're really excited about it. And we bought the house. Um, we finalized the deal on July 1st, 2018. Okay. Holidays, obviously wine retail is chaos. So sure. um, yeah, just pure madness and dealing with a team of remote workers is challenging for a lot of reasons. But a big one is that you, you know, you don't meet everybody face to face all the time and you have mm-hmm. to navigate the different personalities and schedules and time zones and everything else going on. So it's, it's really uh, taxing. And so we thought, okay, assuming I make it through the holidays well for 2018 and my team does well, I can make the case to my bosses that I can go remote and there's mm-hmm. no reason why I can't. We're an online company. So the, the idea was we're going to make the, the pitch to go remote, move up to the house full time, Bill will retire, and we will do Airbnb food and wine experiences out of the house. That's cool. the plan. Totally yeah. excited. Loved it. And the, Loved house the house was like built for it, like it was big enough. Like, yeah, it was that, a great well, place. Cool. There was even like a secret wine cellar. I mean, it was oh, just like see, our that, dream. Got it. <laughs> it was perfect. Our dream house. Yes, yes. And I bought was, a house with a secret wine cellar one time, too, by the way, in Texas. But seriously. Yeah, yeah. We bought the house and we were there, like moving in the first day. And my husband is so attuned. He was walking on the floor and he's like, there's something underneath here. And his father and him, they tore up the carpet and found a like hatch down to an old. So nobody knew it was there. Like it that was, is so wild. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I was like, so I wild. yeah, I know about secret wine cellars. <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew it was there because the, yeah. the the sellers had put it there, but um, mm-hmm. they had it behind a bookcase, so it, it literally <gasps> looked like a secret door. Very cool. Yeah. So we were even to do like a yep. young Frankenstein opening with like a candle. Anyway, love um, it. So we had plans. Big okay. plans. Big plans. So that was the holidays. My team did do really well. So we were, I was getting prepared to make the case. But in the meantime, uh, I had to go to Miami for work. I was host. I was working um, a trade show. Okay. And uh, this was in March. That Sunday before I was leaving uh, was Bill's last day of work. He okay. was leaving. That was it. Kind of a and, semi-retirement, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was his mm-hmm. last day. He was going to transition up to the house because we were schlepping back and forth to make sure that mm-hmm. we could water everything and take care of everything. So he was going to transition up there a little bit more. I was going to be going back and forth until I could make the move to be up there with him. So that Thursday, that was a Sunday, that Thursday, I leave um, early in the morning to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. And um, eight hours later, he was dead. That's a moment. That's a moment. He was up at the house and was watching class play in the yard mm-hmm. and fell over and that was it. Wow. Um, we had somebody living at the house because there was a freestanding cottage. Okay. So one of Bill's friends was living there and maintaining it when we weren't. So he's the one who heard Bill fall mm-hmm. and found him and tried to revive him. And he texted me right away. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the call that he was gone when I was in the airport trying to flying home but trying to get back so a shock like that is pretty huge yeah and i just went into i mean this is now i know totally common Mm. complete shock and fog Mm -hmm. like survival mode yeah 100 Mm percent and Mm -hmm. i've always i was raised to be a very very hard worker and Mm -hmm. i don't know whether that's just my family or the Mm -hmm. east coast new yorker in me but Mm -hmm. i'm a hustler so my immediate thoughts were, I have to take care of everything. I have to take care of business. Mm-hmm, I have to. Mm-hmm. I only took 
two weeks off work and then I went right back to work because I didn't want to be seen as a slacker. I didn't want pity. I didn't want anyone feeling sorry for me. So I just dove right back into work while trying to figure out the finances. And I didn't know if we were going to be homeless. I didn't know anything. Bill handled all the money. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure all that out. I had to still maintain the two houses. And I thought, okay, I have to see this through. I have to see our vision through. Mm-hmm. So I just threw myself into all the repairs we wanted to do on the house. I replaced the roof. I repainted a bunch of rooms. I ripped up carpet. Shit I had never done before. (laughs) I'm just like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And Mm -hmm. I was really proud of myself. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And um, by, I guess, May or June, May, I guess, the repairs were done. And the house looked amazing. And I thought, okay, now's the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So I talked to my boss and I said, there's no reason why I can't go remote because the entire team is remote. I mean, half the team's on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to be in the San Francisco office? And I said, and furthermore, this is really hard to be maintaining two houses on one income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm beat, I'm drained. And my boss was amazing. And he was like, yeah, okay. So he made the pitch to the company and they agreed. And they were so supportive of me. And so I moved up on July 28th. Uh, a friend of mine helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We made the move up. Um, yeah. And it was brutal. I'm packing up all Your of this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not there for it. And I'm making plans to continue living our life, but without him, just me mm-hmm. and Klaus. And mm-hmm. I mean, to the point, it, it was so, I, I realize it now, it was so crazy, but. He had been in talks at a community college up there to teach culinary. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I decide I'm going to do the same thing. I don't teach (laughs) culinary, but I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, you know, I know you're in talks with my husband. I'm sure you heard what happened, but I can teach wine. They're they're like, okay, weird, but cool. So I'm like, just like thinking I'm going to pick up everything he dropped, you know, everything Mm -hmm. he left off with, I'm going to do. I mean, I think about it now and it was just craziness. Um, so we move up July 28th, August. I had I was going to go down to the Central Coast to uh, over Labor Day weekend to see some friends, and I got a really bad feeling. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy living at the house was going to watch Klaus while I was away, and I got a really bad feeling. Was it the same one? Yeah. The yep. Sa- yep. The same yep. guy who was there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he loved Klaus, so there were no worries there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I called one of my best friends. I'm like, "Hey, I have a bad feeling. Can you watch Klaus?" And she's like, "I thought you had." I thought he was okay. And I'm like, yeah, but I just have a really bad feeling. And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't. We're having work done. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just being paranoid and crazy. I'll just, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that's a very common residual effect of experiencing such a loss as your husband. Like, of course, you have that, like, something could go wrong. Right. And then... That's what gonna, I thought. Yep. Uh-huh, that's what yep. I wrote it off as. Yep. Um, yep. I, I was like, okay, you're being paranoid. You're being, mm-hmm. you know, over the mm-hmm. top right now, understandably, but yeah. So then um, on August 28th, I was supposed to be leaving the next day. I had mm-hmm. a bunch of meetings in San Francisco first, and then I was going to go Before. down the central coast. It was August 28th. So I've been at the house exactly one month. One month. And Klaus wanted to go out. So I opened the door to let him out. And the, mm-hmm. the yard was fully fenced. You know, mm-hmm. this was just a routine. I'd let him out. He'd run around, do his thing, come back. And after about five minutes, he didn't scratch the door to come back in. And I was like, that's weird. 
And I go out in the yard and it's really quiet. And I'd always hear him scratching around somewhere. Rustling, doing something. Mm-hmm. Something. It was a big yard and like a lot of uh, gardens and under undergrowth. So you could mm-hmm. always hear him somewhere. And I checked all his usual spots and I knew, I just knew. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. And I just lost it. That's when it all hit, right? It all hit. I was like, mm-hmm. everything, all of the mm-hmm. plans, all of the progress I'd made, all everything I'd done to crawl my way out of the grief of mm-hmm. losing Bill punched me right back down. Yep, yep. And it was like going from this free fall to hitting the pavement. Yep. Just yep. a splat. Like, I was done. Yep. So I picked him up and we buried him and I put Bill's ashes in with him mm-hmm. and I left. And that was it. And mm-hmm. I just, I knew I could never spend another night in that house. Yep. Mm-hmm. I put it on the market the next day mm-hmm. and that was it. And it forced me to rethink everything. Like uh, everything I thought my life would be was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of the triangle. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's where I was. And I spent the next month just completely lost. Like, I don't remember it, to be honest, just mm-hmm. driving around. Did you stay with anybody or did you find somewhere to be? Yeah, I stayed, I stayed down with a friend um, mm-hmm. in the Central Coast, but mm-hmm. only here and there. I um, The house was far from everything. It's a pretty mm-hmm. rural area, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. I was staying in um, different hotels and Airbnbs around Sonoma and Santa Rosa so that I could pack up again Mm -hmm. and figure out what to do from Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So I was just drifting and I would like literally come to while I was driving, not remember where I was going. Mm -hmm. I'd be in mid conversation, forget what I was talking about. I was just done. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that was the the moment, the biggest okay. moment. And I took leave from work at that point. Okay, yeah. Did for you four say months. Just, okay. Yeah, through the end of the year. I was, mm-hmm. I, And that was their offer, which, again, they were very generous. But I was like, I, I can't pretend to go back Anymore. to normal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, nothing resembles what my life was. Right. I love that what you just said, I can't pretend to go back to normal. Because that period of time between losing your husband and then Klaus that was what you were doing. You were trying to maintain normalcy. And I, I, I think you obviously, cause now you're a grief coach. So we'll, we'll get to that. Like, I assume this is a very common phenomenon that people try to uh, do the same and repeat the same. And, and it, it's a sen- it's a huge coping mechanism. I imagine to feel some sort of safety in our routines and our stuff to try to keep everything like it was because there was such a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think you're absolutely right. It's it's mm-hmm. a major and it's interesting the way the brain works. That fog mm-hmm. initially is to protect you from the pain. Yes. Yep. And it's only when you can actually start to deal with the pain that the fog begins to let up. And I, mm-hmm. I think that routine and structure really does kind of help us mm-hmm. keep like, okay, all right, ease out of this if you have to. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a way that we just survive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the survival mode. Yeah. During that time, I hope that, you know, you had people in your orbit, you know, you weren't alone in this at that point. Like, it, it sounds like you kind of did the, like, bootstrap 
after Bill's law. Like you were like, I got this, you know? And then when you finally splat on the ground, did you have a support system? I did. And I, okay. that's why part of why I went down central coast, but mm-hmm. the other twist to this is that since we had moved so much when we moved out here, mm-hmm. we didn't really have a circle of friends or anything. Mm-hmm. Were they all back on the East coast? <laughs> Pretty much. I have a, yeah. a group of female friends that are amazing, but they're all back mm-hmm. in, in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some friends out here and our landlord in Oakland ended up being a close friend of ours. Okay. And he was an amazing support. He and his his partner were just incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a lot of solo work. Um, wow. The support mm-hmm. was mostly long distance. Okay. Did you start seeing a therapist or anything? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why okay. I became a grief coach. So my okay. insurance <laughs> at the time was horrifying and um oh, no. I, I won't okay. say what company it is though okay. i really want to put okay. them on full blast their idea of grief coaching was a uh, grief counseling rather was a half an hour every other week uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the first time i went the doctor literally had a checklist that she went down and i, I wanted to say mm-hmm. to her you guys are just preventing a lawsuit right now, right? Like, right. please tell me you didn't go to college for this. Right, please for tell the- me you don't have a degree for this. <laughs> right. Like, please tell me this is not your your best work self right now. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, this is really wretched. So, yeah. and then I found one who, because like after you've been widowed, and I'm sure the experience is regardless of the circumstance, but this was such a shock because I, we weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, young. I was only 44. Mm-hmm. It just like blindsided me. So you feel like you're crazy more often uh-huh. than not. Like you mm-hmm. leave the burners on the stove on. Like you just do crazy right, things like because you stuff. can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found a counselor in the Bay Area and she called me. I'd left a message for her. She called me and she asked me if she could reschedule our session. And I was like, but we didn't make a session yet. And she goes, yes, we did. And I was like, what? What? Am I really losing my mind? Like, I was like, can you tell me when it is? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's on blah, blah, blah. I was like, I never would have scheduled that. I work at that time. Oh so we God. made a different session. Okay. I go to see her. She was okay. And she said to me, I need to apologize to you. I had another new client named Jamie call. And I was like, woman, <gasps> you made me think I was losing I was my damn mind. Right. Like, right. <laughs> get your widow straight because this ain't cool. Right. <laughs> So that was my experience with grief counseling. So, oh, "Oh." so those were the two. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get anything? Anyway, never mind. I won't. We'll just continue with the story. (laughs) So uh, it was like I went to her a couple times, and she was fine. But Mm -hmm. um, when the the brief time I was at the house, there's a a volcano up there. It's kind of cool, actually. So I I didn't know that. Yeah, Mount Kanaktai. It's it's actually active volcano. But there were a lot of peaks there, and I found so much solace in hiking up the peaks. And it mm-hmm. was like literally pulling myself up out of the grief. Mm-hmm. So a lot of physical exercise. I really got into yoga again. Mm-hmm. That's what really got me through. And then once I did kind of land back into life, mm-hmm. I worked with a life coach mostly because I knew that I wanted to transition out of my job um, mm-hmm. simply because it really didn't seem... As much as the company, it, they were lovely and wonderful and just so gracious with me. Honestly, it's just wine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like arguing with strangers online about discounts. Mm-hmm. 
it, you, it lost its luster. I, I got nothing, guys. I could care less. Right. Let me guess that when, like, when something like that happened, your priorities were just like, why? This is meaningless, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if somebody is, you know, giving me grief over ten dollars, I wanted to get, just hand them a ten dollar like, bill. Be like, you know what? Take it. I don't, don't care. Yeah, fuck it. Here, here's twenty. I don't yeah. care. Like, <laughs> I got sure bigger. I got fi- bigger fish to fry right now, lady. Right. Yeah. So I was really at the stage of, okay, well, what comes next? I got to figure something out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I found a place on the Central Coast. And the Mm -hmm. only reason was we had lived here briefly. And I felt like I had more of a support group here, support Mm -hmm. number. Mm -hmm. And I landed in a very small seaside town because I I call it my soft landing. (laughs) I just needed somewhere really soft to be for a while. Yes. Yeah. Something Um, welcoming and maybe charming. Yes. Just, (laughs) yeah. Ease, yeah. I traveled a load, and travel's a thing with me because, mm-hmm. um, especially when I'm feeling so lost, because it forces my attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It forces me out of myself. Um, yep. It forces yep. me to focus on communicating in other languages. Mm-hmm. It's a really grounding point to me. And it also, bizarrely, as huge as the loss is, it puts it all in context of I'm just mm-hmm. a tiny drop in this world. Yep. Yeah. Everybody around me, all these, you know, nameless people have experienced something awful. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I traveled a load and then finally landed back in California, March 7th, 2020. And we all know what happened right around that time. I clearly remember thinking, okay, I'm ready to go back into life. And then it all shut down. World shut down. <laughs> Like so, but that was that was then the segue um, into coaching. Okay, so it was bizarre because it ended up being this weird gift of well, now you have the time, just really focus on that to reinvent. So, did you ever go back to work after you took like four months off? Did you ever you went back for a little bit and then started to transition out? Basically, I did go back, mm-hmm. and my heart was not in it. Yeah, that's and, when you were like, um, "This is yeah." So I stuck it out for a while, um, but then when everything shut down it mm-hmm. meant that business for us just what? completely Boom. exploded oh yes you're online <gasps> of course right mm-hmm. so then the pressure of that just began to compound mm-hmm. I, I stuck it out as long as i could and this is like the fear of like after so much loss i was so terrified of losing the security of my job right uh-huh that i was terrified to actually walk away mm-hmm. but a situation happened at work. Uh, my boss had to take leave and I didn't want to leave him in the lurch. Mm-hmm. So I finally said to him, I got to go. Yeah. And he, this was hilarious because I was taking two coaching programs at the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. He knew I was taking course, but he didn't know what it was about. Mm-hmm. He asked me if I'd stay on part-time as a coach. Ah. Like I took it as like the universe is telling me what to do. A career coach for Uh, yeah for people in the uh, industry hiring and Uh training. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And when did you get the idea of grief coaching? Like, was it from the uh, uh, obviously from your experience? But at one point during that process, were you like, okay, I want to be able to do this for other people because it was such a shit show for me? I'm assuming that's what happened. Pretty much. Um, (laughs) So. What struck me after losing Bill mm-hmm. was that uh, there were so few resources for people who are on the younger side of being widowed. <gasps> True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and most grief counseling or grief support groups assume that um, you're older, retired, mm-hmm. adult children, mm-hmm. 
all of the things. The other one is that there there's a remarkable lack for those who are not of a discernible faith. Okay. Yep. A lot of support groups are church-based. Uh-huh. Yep. And for me, that just didn't ring true. Mm-hmm. It wasn't helpful. So that was that was kind of you know floating around in my mind. And then um, that landlord turned friend that I mentioned, mm-hmm. he and I were talking one day, and out of the blue, he just said to me, "Have you ever thought about being life coach?" And I was just kind of like, "Is that even a thing? Right? <laughs> Is that legit?" So um, it kind of planted the seed. And then somebody else asked me the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I began working with the life coach, it, it was actually to see how she worked, what she did, Mm -hmm. and if it was something that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. So my idea was to more integrate wellness strategies with loss because it really did help me so much, Mm -hmm. like um, hiking up Kanaktai and yoga. Mm -hmm. So I went into the two programs with that, and it was just once I began getting clients, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. It just feels like the perfect fit. It's like a calling. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's just something beyond me when I'm working with my clients. Uh, yep, absolutely, absolutely. And it fulfills you, like because like you were talking about the ten dollar wine. So you're like, oh, this I don't give a shit about your ten dollar wine right now. Like that feeling is gone. There's like this meaningful, oh, yeah. yeah, meaningful moment. And there's such power. And I I recorded um, an episode which I'm not sure if it'll have come out before this or not with a woman who's now a divorce coach because that's what she needed when she went through a divorce and it's I don't know if anybody could be a coach about something that they haven't gone through you know what I mean like like I mean I guess you could try but I think I would make a pretty shitty divorce or you know widow coach because that's not something I've done you know it's just Mm -hmm. such a great way to use these experiences to then like there's this like I can't remember the exact arc of like you know our, our journeys and then once you've like acceptance and worked in all that kind of whatever everyone knows I'm talking about the arc. The last part is then to turn around and help others. And that's what's happening in this, like, I feel like it's been an explosion of coaches in the last few years. Am I right? Or or is it me that they're just coming across my path? Probably. (laughs) Well, I think it's also, I mean, for I've, I've noticed people because now, you know, Mm -hmm. in my mid forties, I've noticed so many people just having that, I guess, midlife crisis, right? Uh That's what it is, guys. Of just, this can't be it. Yeah. There's got to be uh-huh. more. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that, that for me, I was kind of getting to that point anyway. Uh-huh. Yep. But it felt like, and I keep saying the universe because I don't have a discernible faith, mm-hmm. but it kind of felt like the universe had to strip everything away uh-huh. for me to be like, oh, shit, maybe I should be doing something else. Right. Yep. I've talked about this with other people. It's alcoholics have this moment. Like, it's really common. Everyone talks about alcoholics bottom, but I feel like there's that bottom so many other circumstances, not just for alcoholics. You know, unfortunately yours was, you know, completely thrust upon you, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, I I just love identifying these moments of like, this just, this just can't be it. This can't be my life. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And I've got to change it. And there's, what happens in that moment is, is this acceptance and then like, I'm going to get to work on it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Like, I'd been fighting so hard to keep against that. Uh-huh. It was just like, you know, losing Klaus. It was just like, okay, it's gone. It's all done. It's all, right. There's nothing for me to hang on to. There's no right. more, there's no more just little, like, one uh, piece of string of the normalcy. It's gone. It's gone. And obviously, I've played this over so many times mm-hmm. in my mind, but... 
I still can't figure out how he got out. And I, in a weird way, I think Bill took him to release me from that house because it would have been so much to try to maintain it on my own Uh in a place where we didn't know anybody, you know, and then the fires happened and then COVID (laughs) happened. I mean, like it would have just been, I've thought about that. Like I would have been up at that house by myself myself during this time, trying to maintain all of this. And you wouldn't have been able to be in business during that time. Nope. So even if I had been able to set up Airbnb experiences, uh-huh. not that I'm the culinary piece of right. it, that's him. Yeah, it, you would have, you would have been fucked <laughs> if you were still Completely. last year. You would have been yeah. fucked. Yeah, you totally yeah. would have. So I kind of feel like mm-hmm. something, yeah, something was at work there to, because there was no way I would have left unless something as awful uh-huh. as that had happened. Yeah. So and now that now that we've talked about what you do, is this a common phenomenon that you find with your clients of the? Like in, and probably something you have to work on with them to like, okay, we're going to have to start letting go of this. Like your life has changed and it's part of the acceptance, I assume. I assume. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a really tricky piece mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I, I tell clients that, or rather what my so-called marketing mm-hmm. is, I barely market, right. but um, <laughs> is to help people find, find themselves again yep. so that they can figure out what they want their future to look like. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on where somebody is, is. in their process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's really, really fresh, mm-hmm. the thought of the future is just too much. Because overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming and it can feel like a betrayal. Yeah. Like I'm betraying my late husband, my late partner mm-hmm. by making plans without By him. selling this house. Yes. By moving on. By, yeah. 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 So it's, it, it really depends on where they are. So I kind of... Um, one of the exercises I do with them actually is talking about seasons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and asking them how they, what season they feel like they're in mm-hmm. and what season they want to be in mm-hmm. and what needs to happen. And then ask them if they want to be in the, the season they want to be in just yet. Cause sometimes you don't want to be, you just, you want to not be okay. Yes. And that's okay. Like, stop telling me I'll okay. be okay. I want to not be okay. Be okay. <laughs> totally. It's just like, do you think telling anyone to calm down ever actually calms them down? No, not once. Not once. It's just like, it's okay. Is never the same thing. It's never. It never works. It never works. Yeah. Yeah. Right after Bill died, when I would get the "you'll be okay," I'm like, uh, maybe, but can I not okay. be okay for a little yeah. while? I just lost my husband. Right. I'm like, can I not be? I should not be okay with that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have a, a friend and a fellow podcaster, and um, I was on her podcast. Actually, came out today. Um, I haven't gotten to listen to it, but she did just the little the little audiogram where you hear the audio, and I'm talking about toxic positivity, and I don't have like a great talking uh, uh, whatever about it I don't know like I just know what it felt like to me you know and I know the the terms that make me go like you know and want to freak out is the well at least you could or at least you had or at least or everything happens for a reason I become homicidal when I hear that one just all of those and 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 I I realized as I think as we were talking about it maybe I wrote I was I don't remember. I realized all of those are just like kind of a toxic positivity. And it's and it's about the other person. Like I can't hold your grief. I can't hold your feelings. So I need you to get on this like happy bus with me. Okay. Because I can't think about the because you lost your husband. I might lose my husband. That's like a thing in the world that happens. It's too much to handle. So we need to talk about how it's okay. Not for you, Amen. for me. There are so many things that people say and they mean well. Mean well. 
But yeah. the one that made me absolutely nuts What's the one that, is, yeah. let me know if you need anything. Oh, and here's why. I know. Here's go, why. Tell, yep. Mm-hmm. I got a shit ton going on. Uh-huh. Don't give me a chore. Yep. Don't give me a yep. task. Yep. <laughs> like, and also because you're so insecure yeah. after loss, the last thing you want is to come across as needy. Yes. So if you tell me to let you know I'm never gonna, what, what I need, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to call. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to mm-hmm. do it. How can yeah that one made me nuts? The, Let me know. This if you is need the phrase, things. right? Let me guess. How can I help? Yeah, just mm-hmm. pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. If I can't talk, talk that day, I won't. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Text me if I can't reply, I won't. Just show up. Yeah, just show just up. Just show up. Whatever that means for you. How, mm-hmm. Like just do it. And just ask. Yes. Don't assume you mm-hmm. know anything. Mm-hmm. Don't assume you know the griever's faith. Yep. Because even if the person has been very devout to something, grief will shake you. Yes. What a good point. Talk a little more about that for a sec. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is an interesting kind of piece to mm-hmm. all of this was that my husband was a widower when I met him. Oh. He was born again at some point. So he was very devout. Mm-hmm. And losing his wife shook him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it made him question his faith. Mm-hmm. So while I have not been a believer, mm-hmm. That was a really interesting thing to consider because mm-hmm. even even if I was losing Bill to hear like he's with God now might not be the best thing to say to me. Right, right. So ask somebody, ask like, how are you feeling about this? You know, what do you think happened? Mm-hmm. Where do you think he is? Mm-hmm. Just ask. Yeah. Don't assume you know anything. Yeah, that's such a great way to approach it yeah. because that's how you m- make sure um, that it is about the person not you. Because in these moments, it happens so often. It happens, what's funny is it happens on the other end as when life begins as a mother. There's very similar experience. I'm I'm Mm. noticing. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) people are there for you in the beginning and all of a sudden everybody leaves and nobody, you know, like everybody comes with food and then they're gone and right. And then you're left and overwhelmed and you don't know what you're doing. And yeah, anyway, you're hanging on to like strings of normalcy and it's all different now. And yeah, so there's a lot of similarities, but, um, and a lot of people, oh man, do people project onto your experience from their experience as being a mother. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. But I th- I think that just maintaining like the North Star of like, this is about that person. This isn't about me. You know, what is like seeing them and what they need, not what you want them to want or want them to need, like really see them for who they are and what they need. Yeah, I think the hard part for people is that they just so desperately want to see their friend better or whatever feel better. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So they just want so desperately and I get it. Mm-hmm. They just want to do anything they can to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that grief is a normal part of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And working through it is what will make you better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always going to be with you. You're never going to be the no. same. Yes. There's no, can we, I, tell me if you, I'm sure, like what's your process and how you explain to people of this is not a, like a beginning and an end. It doesn't start with acceptance and end or what, whatever. Like for a long time, I guess we were messaged that it was like a, a start and stop, like a game of life or something. The grief process keeps going. Yeah. Like it, you keep. Yeah. So I think it's, it's one of those weird things that the five stages of there grief. There we go. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. By Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, 
That was never meant for the survivors, by the way. That She developed mm-hmm. that for people, mm-hmm. terminal patients, okay. when they hear their diagnosis. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't for the people who've lost someone. It was for those accepting yeah. their own loss. But it's been kind of blanket applied to uh-huh, everybody. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's, and yeah, it's no, been blanket, it's like, like th- it's supposed to be like steps. People are supposed to, it's like yeah. an alcoholic work in the steps of like, oh, now I'm moving on yeah. to the step. Yeah. Right. And it, it's, not, it's like not that at all. Yeah. And like, <laughs> some people like myself, I wasn't angry. I didn't just, I didn't have anger. Okay. So it's not, I'm not in denial about that part. I just wasn't angry. Mm-hmm. I was sad as hell. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, in a tailspin, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the anger. So mm-hmm. yeah, grief. I always really like to do visualizations because mm-hmm. I feel like other people can kind of connect to them. But I feel like in the initial stages, it's just this big black cloud that envelops you. Mm-hmm. And little by little, for me, it moves inside. Okay. And it's just always part of who I am. It becomes part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you saw when I was telling you what happened, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't make it easier, but mm-hmm. the pain isn't as sharp and mm-hmm. as overwhelming mm-hmm. as it initially is. There will never be a day where I don't miss Bill and Klaus like air. Yep. It's just the way it is. Yep. But I have a boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I love him less. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I loved Bill less. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another thing people are really uncomfortable about. Mm-hmm. That if you start to see somebody after you lost your your husband or your partner, mm-hmm. oh, well, you must not loved them that much. And I th- always think, is love such a short, such a small commodity mm-hmm. that you only have a very small, right. limited amount? And once it's gone, it's gone. And that's it. Right. Gave it to somebody, no more. There's that uh, person... He signed up for that role, so you know, done. <laughs> right? like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just weird, such a weird feeling. Like, yeah. oh, I got a cup of love. Right. I used it on a cake. Yeah. It's, it's gone, gone. No more. <laughs> right now, that cake is gone. I can't make any more, nope, even no though more. I'm, I'm a have fully cake. human being who can develop feelings. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. It's it's a strange concept, mm-hmm. but it's it's pervasive in society. And the other mm-hmm. strange concept is that you can't be grieving mm-hmm. and laugh. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Like we're humans with very complex mm-hmm. emotions. Mm-hmm. I can feel fifteen different emotions at the same yep. time. That's part of being a human yep. being. So I so I have a very, very strong sense of humor. Yep. So I think it threw a lot of people off that I was, you know, cracking jokes and stuff. And it's like I live with this overwhelming grief every day. Mm-hmm. I gotta say stuff to brighten the mood. Yeah. Because uh, you know, so it's it, people have a hard time reconciling that. Yep you can experience more than one emotion at the same agreed, time. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Do you remember a moment where you were laughing like that people would have thought inappropriate? Well, we had um, a memorial mm-hmm. back in Buffalo where Bill was from mm-hmm. in May. Mm-hmm. And my group of women friends were there and some of his family members mm-hmm. came there. And I remember like at one point, one of my friends had said something and I cracked up and I realized, oh my God, I can't laugh that loud. I can't laugh that loud. Like I'm a terrible person if I laugh that loud. And then another moment, we had a mutual friend, and we call her Junior because she's younger than me, but we're very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Junior had a a nasty hospital experience the October after Bill died, and she almost died. Mm -hmm. And she called me and she said, and I I, I hate her for this, but it's so (laughs) hilarious. She's like, I'm laying there thinking I'm dying, and I thought, God damn it, Bill, if I see you right now, I'm never going to forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I cracked up because I was like, yeah, you better not see him before I do because I'll that's be just so fucked up. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be so mad. Yeah. If, if you die and see him before I do, I'm going to come and kill you. Yeah, and then, and you'll then see. you will. And then, damn it, self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> so stuff like that, it's like, oh, should, I, should I be laughing at that? Okay, probably not. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about, you know, what this is. This, this is a common um uh, theme that happens with the women. It's mostly women I talk to. I think my husband's the only guy I've talked to on the show. Is this moment you know in their life has changed their personal life and it's also changed their professional life. And so we've talked a little bit about how you're a grief coach, but and you've talked about how when you take somebody in, they're in different stages or whatever. But like, talk to me about what you do now. You know how this has affected your professional life. So I, I still am with the wine company okay. part time, okay. but I've really limited it to very very part time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's it's changed everything. Mm-hmm. I work with my clients, but I also wrote a book about it. I feel like it's so much more free now. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like it's one of those things where when you lose everything, mm-hmm. you realize that a lot of those constraints mm-hmm. were self-imposed. Mm-hmm. They were all psychological. Mm-hmm. Do you remember f- um, the movie Fight Club? <laughs> I've never actually seen it. Well, there's... Um, the main character, he says at one point, he says, it's only after you lost anything, everything that you're free to do anything. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? Bobby McGee? Freedom is just that another word, word for nothing, nothing to left lose. to lose. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> that was, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Like, mm-hmm. when, you, when you lose everything, mm-hmm. you realize, what was I so scared of? Yeah. I'm free. I always was. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it changed everything. And, I write a lot. I uh, work with my clients. I've recently developed two partnerships, which I'm so excited about because one is with a group of women uh, travelers, Mm -hmm. wonderful. And I'll be hosting a monthly grief support circle with them, which to me is just like perfection. Like I love to travel. So Mm -hmm. right away I'm helping other women who have experienced profound loss who are also travelers just kind of work through their stuff Mm -hmm. and understand what's going on with it all. And another company called Solace, Mm -hmm. where I love the concept, they send gifts to people who are grieving. Mm -hmm. So you can be there when you can't be there. Okay. And I love that idea because it's just showing up even when you're 3000 miles miles away. Mm -hmm. Yep. Figure out. So I just love this whole new world of discovering Mm -hmm. pretty much a world of empathy that I never knew existed before. Mm hmm. I love it. So yeah, are you working so, on like content with them of like how, what like products to send to people or? or no, we're going to, we're, we're still in the early stages okay, of this, okay. but we're going to offer bundles okay, where yep, um, mm-hmm. people coming to their site can add on. Cause one of my courses that I offer mm-hmm. is a one-off session of how to help a grieving person Great. Yep, mm-hmm. because it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. So they're going to offer that in tandem with their gifts. Like if you want to <gasps> send this okay. and you want to take this for yourself. That's okay. Good. I'm glad I, that's a great idea. That's yeah, great it idea. really, it's really great. And similarly on my site, I'll offer a link to, to, that. Uh, to their, their products. Yeah. Yes. Cause I just, I love what they do. I love their concept. That is a great idea. Is there anything we missed? Is there anything you want to share? You want to make sure that people hear, you know, from you in your story? Just listen, just mm-hmm. when, when you lose everything, just stop fighting against mm-hmm. it and just open up your ears and listen. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come clear of where you should be going. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the best way to love yourself. Yeah. 
um, I've been wanting to share this for a long time. This is a perfect moment. The words silent and listen have the same letters. It's true. Yeah. Got to get quiet to listen. So if you're ready, I'm ready to do, let's do some fun questions. I'm ready like for fun. Just, just ridiculous. What was your first car? Oh, uh, 1978 Chevy Malibu. Ooh, what color was that? Four door. It was like Ooh, a big. It was, it was like the Queen Mary. This uh, thing, like a boat. It got like 15 miles yes. per gallon. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'd have to like gas up anytime I was going anywhere. Yeah. yeah and this was in 1990, by the mm-hmm. way. So it's not like I was in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. This car. No, yep. <laughs> Opposite of cool. Oh, I love it. When did you get your period? I. That's probably. I'm gonna say probably around 12. Yep. That's. Probably from my informal polling, eleven to twelve is the very much overwhelming average. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet paper, over, under, or you don't care. Oh, I totally care, and it's always over. Do you change it if you're somewhere? Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Uh, well, it's the last book you read or Audible, you know, or what are you currently reading? Oh, I am currently reading Paper by Mark Kurlansky. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Tell me. Yeah, so I just started okay. it. He um. He's the one that did like oysters and salt. Like he really digs in on the history of a very, very specific thing. Okay. Yep. Very cool. I love stuff like so that. So it's doing paper. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But the one before that, I actually read for the Wonderful Book Club, which I think is going to be mid-March, and it's called The Italian Party by Christina Lynch. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was really good. I don't. I'm not really a novel person, but this one I really blasted through in a couple of days because I loved it. Uh, good job. I'm not really a novel person either. Cilantro? Yes or no? 100%. Cool. All the spice. Yep. When you go to your local coffee shop or Starbucks, whatever, um, and you order a latte, cappuccino, uh, you know, you're, you're having a fancy coffee day, what milk do you order? Whole milk. Oh, very good. Oh, I very good. Yeah, I go hardcore. Classic. <laughs> um, can you drive a standard transmission? Yep. Family of origin, obviously. Uh, where are you in the birth order? Youngest. Out of how many? Weirdly, though. Youngest and sort of only. Okay, tell us. My brother is three years older than me, but we grew up in different houses. Okay, all right. So he grew up with my dad. I grew up with my mom. So we were uh, weirdly uh-huh. a party of two, but yeah. kind of onlys at the same time. Got it. Divorce and each took one. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was strange. Yep. It was strange. They did that back then. <laughs> you know, like I never thought it was strange, but now oh. as an adult, people are like, "That's so weird." I'm like, "Is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess it's weird." Yeah, yeah. I don't think they would do that. No, I don't think they do that these days. Yeah. What was your kindergarten teacher's name? Mrs. McGurno. Mrs. McGurno. And I always remember she wore, I mean, this was 1979. Mm-hmm. She wore like those polyester checker slacks <gasps> that uh-huh. she would always have to pull up just a little bit before she down. sat down. Yes. yes. I love it. Uh, what's your middle name? Elizabeth. Oh, I like that. Jamie Elizabeth. Cool. I usually go by my full name. Oh, really? Jamie Elizabeth? Yeah, because Jamie's androgynous. Yep. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, that's, that's, yep, that's all my 10 questions. So mm-hmm. where can people find you? Um, my website for coaching mm-hmm. is widowwellnesscoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, Instagram is the same, okay. at widowwellnesscoaching, mm-hmm. and Facebook is the same. So pretty straightforward. Cool. All right. And um, this is a perfect moment for me to remind everyone that I am also on Instagram and website, and it's the same. It's lajoysociety.com, and the Instagram is also Society. Go ahead and rate the show while you got your phone out and you're listening. Go ahead and pick it up and just like hit the stars, hit the, write something. If you're feeling poetic, go you know write a poem. I don't know. But just go ahead and do it. It helps me find new listeners for the show. Um, and the only way to do that is in the listening 
apps, if you will. And you got how you do that is you rate and review the show. So thanks to y'all for doing that. You're doing it slowly. It slowly happens. Like every week there's like, oh yeah, oh, there's a new one, you know. Thank you so much for your time, Jamie, and for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone. We'll meet here again next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense to see